When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of Smart TV. I'm Caroline Frost and with me, no, not Kellyanne Taylor. She is sunning herself somewhere in Sri Lanka, I believe was the last we heard. Um, Instead, I have the very able substitute of David Brown, the Radio Times Deputy Previews Editor. Welcome, David. Hello. Thank you. No problem. David, you're going to kick us off this week. We are going to have some drama. We're going to have some factual, a bit of radio shock twist, and finally, something from the archive. So let's start with some drama. What have you got for us? Okay, so this is a new true crime drama on ITVX. It's called Love and Death, but you might experience a bit of deja vu watching it, especially if you saw the Disney Plus series Candy, Mm -hmm. because it's the same story told again. Right. And this seems to be kind of happening a lot to me at the moment. I watched The White House Plumbers and then a year before I'd watched Gaslit, both about the Watergate. Yes, but they're not expecting somebody to watch as much TV as you do professionally, to be fair to them. But yes, fair enough. Okay, so how does this one compare with the Disney one? How long ago was Disney, first of all? It was probably about a year ago. Right. So it's the story of Candy Montgomery, who was like a Texas housewife and she herself was married at the time. She got herself involved with a a married man from the church-going community in which she lived, and it all ended rather horribly in Mm -hmm. uh, a bloody death. Now, I was watching this last week at work, wasn't I? And you went past my desk (laughs) at the time, and I let out a bit of a major swear, I? I heard an involuntary gasp (laughs) from the desk. You know, it's not the Radio Times thing. It was a, you know, I'm surprised security didn't, Mm. frog marched me out the building because it was full on. It was really extreme, particularly in the final episode. Mm. It's a real slow burn. I don't want to give away what the scene is. But is it earned? Do we earn that that gory moment? I thought it was, yeah, because the central character, Candy, played by Elizabeth Olsen, unlike the Disney Plus series, it kind of humanises her in a way that the Disney series didn't. And by the end of it, you want to kind of know why she did what she did. And it kind of comes down to suburban pressure to conform, resulting in this really shocking violence. Mm-hmm. So without it, it would have been half a drama, really. But right. brace yourself. OK, sounds good. Where can we find that? OK, so that's going to be on ITVX from Thursday. This is more of a public announcement, really, rather than a a whole review, because people will have heard that Top Boy is coming back. This will be the fifth and final season. I think they're they're going while the going's good, leaving us wanting more, which we know that all the best writers know to do. This stars Ashley Walters and Kane Robinson. Um, What would you say about this? This is the UK's equivalent of The Wire, I guess, the closest thing that we've ever had to this. Some of the best stories are actually away from the screen. So what happened was... It was on Channel 4 originally, and then it got binned, and then it found a superstar fan and champion in Drake, 
And he campaigned very publicly for it to return. And then not only that, he became its exec producer. He helped go to Netflix and say, right, this is really good. Just shows the power of bloody star appeal, doesn't it? Completely. My kids love this. It's not been on my radar at all. Mm. But it is one of the questions that they ask is when is Top Boy back? Well, there we go. So yeah. we're obviously, we might be missing something because I missed The Wire the first time around and then I had to eat humble pie. The other thing that's interesting is that I read at the weekend, anecdotally, there's a whole bunch of foreign footballers that have come over this way, as we know, to uh, great salary incentives. And they're all starting to talk with sort of uh, London twangs. And it's not because they're hanging out with their, their teammates. It's because they're apparently all watching Top Boy and they're learning their English from Ashley Waters and co. So it clearly has an influence. Uh, I mean, it's a global hit. It's one of Netflix's biggest shows. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And especially on the whole accent thing, because um, my kids do the same. And to be honest, they grew up in suburban Purley in Surrey. <laughs> There's no excuse <laughs> otherwise, really is there? <laughs> no. But yeah, there Right, we well, there we are. So Ashley Walters is uh, influencing a generation, whether you approve of that or not. But Top Boy is coming back. And one more thing to say about it is that the star of the Banshees of Inishin. Thank you. Uh, Barry Keen. he's also turning up in it. So there's, they've obviously got the budget and the star power now to recruit some A-list names. So they're going out with a bang, not a whimper, I would say. OK, let's talk factual. You start with Mr. Clunes and Ms. Giedroy. OK, so this is one of these celebrity travelogues which are ten a penny in the TV schedule. And you know what I think of them. I know. I mean, I, I go walking all the time at the weekend and I've never come across like Chris Packham in a Packamac or Michael Portillo in a pastel pink You're blazer. not going to the right places. I'm really not. I'm You've like, never spotted a, a, the lesser spotted Portillo <laughs> in a pair of pink chinos. No, never. But yeah, you know, they're out and about all the time. Yep. And Martin Clunes, mm. he must never be at home. No. I don't think he is, but he is really good company on this okay. um, trip. I mean, he's with his old friend, Mel Giedwatch, and they say old friend, but it kind of becomes clear that they've not really seen each other in a couple of decades. Oh, no. That reminds me of when Julie Waters went back to her hometown for some TV special and she spotted some neighbours. Hello. And I thought... <laughs> If you like them that much, surely you would have made an actual effort in the intervening half a century. Anyway, what sets this apart from, as you say, the ten a penny travelogue? So it's it's a it's a travelogue, but it's also kind of like a book discussion show because they're touring round Dorset, and it's it's a literary journey, and um, they're both good fun. But Clunes in particular, he's got this kind of like Mutley the dog wheezing laugh the whole time. Is it infectious or annoying? Very infectious. Oh, good. It kind of made me think, you know, when Martin Clunes was a child, I imagine that he was the one that the teachers had to keep an eye on during school oh, no trips. no doubt, no doubt. Because he'd have stepped out of line. But, you know, he probably had to take his pleasures where he could find them because his parents, his mother in particular, on the, uh, we hear, wouldn't allow him, frowned upon children's fiction. So as they're travelling through Dorset, it's actually the first time he's held and read from a famous five book, which I think is remarkable. Surely uh, suitable for arrest at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, goodness me. Oh, well, that's quite revealing and yeah. unusual. Goodness. 
I can offer you, I can uh, match you and raise you the celeb travelogue because this one does have gold stars around it. This is the sixth series of Gone Fishing. So we have Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse, plus, of course, Ted the dog sniffing around the riverbank. Now, this programme regularly tops the, the chart for the BBC's secret but important appreciation index, not necessarily ratings. This is about as we've said, appreciation. This is entertainment. This is distinctiveness. Um, I've actually, disclaimer, written the column this week's Radio Times all about these shows that make you go, ah. And I think uh, that Gone Fishing would qualify. So they start off in Wales, um, two rivers, including the River Wye, and then they go and settle in to their accommodation and they take us with it. Nothing new to say about this. If you like the previous five series, of which many people did, uh, I think that you will be pleasured once more. What do you think, David? Well, the one new thing that I noticed was that we're all kind of familiar with Bob's pocket meat. You know, that he kind of takes him on every trip. This time he's got carfish, which is not a great addition, particularly (laughs) for Paul, because it stinks the whole place out and he accuses Bob of bringing rancid food with him. But yeah, I, I think that when I watch Gone Fishing, I like to watch it for the food, the little kind of mm. treats that Bob cooks for Paul, uh, but also the accommodation. That's the bit I kind of like. Just kind it's of always been just in. slightly discreetly gentrified in case any passing TV crews might want to spend the night, I think. But yeah, yeah very pleasurable. No criticism here. You know exactly what you're getting. Settle in on Sunday evenings, 9pm BBC Two, kicking off this Sunday. What have I got? Oh, I've got a radio show. Right. This is a a twist uh, from the usual narrative of smart TV, but I think it's worth it because it's the reunion on Radio 4, which, as we know, gathers together people from past, whether it's the cast of Brideshead Revisited or politicians who gathered together to work for the the peace agreement in Northern Ireland. So it's it's very varied. They are celebrating their 200th edition and Kirsty Walk has invited a live audience to sit and listen to the creators of Spitting Image. And so uh, what a motley crew they are. Ian Hislop, Roger Law, Peter Fluck, um, John Lloyd, the producer, everyone involved in bringing that extraordinary thing to the screen, which you look back now and you just think, how very peculiar that was. Yeah, but it was the way when it was first shown, that we formed our opinion of politicians, wasn't it? You know, we kind of thought Cecil Parkinson was unctuous. We all thought John Major was grey. Yeah, and Roy Hattersley sprayed spit whenever he spoke. That's really unfavourable. Poor Roy. Yeah, but it was was a game changer in terms of, you know, like how politicians were treated. And it was the talk of the school playground the following day. And I must admit that I, I even bought the chicken song. Remember the seven-inch single? The it went to number song. one. Yeah, I, I bought that and played it endlessly and uh, probably didn't didn't go down too well with my parents. But uh, yeah, it, it was a great thing back in the day, wasn't it? I, I thought it was slightly less successful when they brought it back. It oh, felt, for sure. It felt like its time had come and gone, really. But it's yeah. it's, still, it's on in the West End at the moment as well, mm. isn't it? You know, oh, yeah, there's life in it. There's life in it. I'm just wondering if Martin Clunes' parents would have let him buy the chicken song. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were a bit more laissez-faire than Martin's, I think. That is the reunion on Radio 4, Sunday, 11.15am, when the topic will be the spitting image gang. What else have you got? OK, so design classics never date, in my opinion. And Talking Pictures is bringing back the original Thunderbirds. And, you know, down the decades, kids have 
successive generations have managed to find Thunderbirds, but because it's on Talking Pictures TV, I think because it's a golden oldie station. Mm, not one for the youth. No, I think nostalgists may need to take their children by the hand to plonk them in front of it. But my recommendation would be that if you've got any FAB merchandise in the loft, get it down now because once Thunderbirds has been seen, it's it's never forgotten really. And, mm. um, you know, be, because the designs are so brilliant, um, it looks very much like the here and now, except for the odd bit of marionette puppet smoking, which I always think looks quite <laughs> You quite think funny. that's the most dating thing, is the smoking, not, yeah. the, not the strings. No, well, I, I I don't really mind the strings. You kind of forget about them after a while. <laughs> and the things that kind of I thought would, that would be repetitious to a child, when I showed it to my kids about a decade ago, like the whole kind of loading them up into the vehicles and all that, which mm. was shown endlessly Quite in this episode. Labored. They loved it. Oh, they well. wanted to see more. Were you a Thunderbirds? Were you a Jerry Anderson child? No, but I'm very much uh, willing to believe about the power of repetition because, you know, when I wrote that book about the Carry On films uh-huh. and I spoke to Sid James's daughter and I asked her why they're so successful. And she happens to be a Teletubbies producer in her other life when she's not busy holding the canon of the Carry On legacy. And she said it's all about repetition. People, if they like something, they can never get enough of it. So I'm willing to believe that. Well, that's fantastic. So that is worth finding out about. Where can we find that, please, David? So it starts on Saturday at 3pm on Talking Pictures TV with the very first episode in which you see International Rescue launch their first mission with (gasps) no strings attached. Ah, The origin story. Fantastic. That's all from us. Please do write in with any recommendations, shows you think we should know about, want to hear more about, or should desperately avoid. Very helpful as well. And until next week, happy Happy viewing. viewing!